seats and welcome to A Cosmic Journey. The podcast where we talk about everything in the universe from the physical to the metaphysical. I'm Demi Wild. And I'm Jay Maceo. This week we've got cosmic news stories. Demi teaches us about the asteroids of sex and marriage, Lilith and Juno, in Sextrology 101, only on Patreon, and... Jay teaches us how to change our consciousness with his cosmic insights, and we take a deep dive into a black hole... Ka-splash! ...to hang out with our friend from the Real Ratchet and Reckless podcast, Nessa Nandez. Yes! Yeah! I'm very so, excited. So let's get into this. What happened this week? Oh, you... man. Okay, so I got back from Charleston, South Carolina, mm-hmm. yesterday. All right. And uh, I had a great time. I... I Went on that ghost tour that I told you about, Ooh. which is very interesting. Um, didn't see any ghosts. Oh, no ghosts. No ghosts. But um, no Whoopi Goldberg, Patrick Swayze. No, anymore. I, right. I wish. Right. I wish. Um, but uh, uh, it was more historical than anything. So like, I really got like a, a lay of the land because like Charleston was actually like a, a, a port town mm-hmm. ba- back in the day, and uh, oh oh, sorry. What. <laughs> Um, it was a port town, mm-hmm. and so like they had a lot of like traffic from like uh, uh, shipyards and pirates even. So they, it was a pirate. Oh, Blackbeard the pirate! I found out held the entire city of Charleston up for two weeks. He held the city up. Held the whole city up. Like he and his with... his army, his pirate army. Oh, I thought you meant like single handedly, like with a gun. Like, yeah, just him. don't nobody move. I'll snipe anybody in this. Okay, just him. <laughs> don't um, nobody. No, like, him and his like his entire pirate army that like, held up the entire city. Um, I guess they wanted to, uh, you know, they, they had a lot of like, um, gunpowder there. So they had like, you know, wanted to get supplies and stuff and, and all kinds of craziness. But, um, that was pretty cool. I saw art museum. I went to the Gibbs art museum. Yeah. I saw a bunch on your social media. I know. I blew up everybody's stories there that day. Nice. Uh, that was really cool. They had a witchcraft, uh, uh, exhibit. So like a early 1800s witchcraft exhibit. Oh. So a bunch of artwork from that, and um, and then coming back, I ended up uh, <laughs> I ended up losing because they had maintenance on the on the flight back from Charleston to Charlotte where my layover was. Mm-hmm. Um, they uh, I missed my last flight over. Oh. Geez. And so they ended up having to like set me up in a hotel and and. Yeah, I mean, it was okay, but, like, I had to, like, it was a lot. Did you order room service? I did not. No, mm. I wish I did. Did you get in a bubble bath and, and uh, with the earphones in and kick your feet up like uh, like pretty lady? No. Pretty but... woman? Pretty lady. I mean, I do love, I, I am fond of a bubble bath myself, uh, but I did not do that. I didn't have a bubble bath there, but oh. they had a very nice shower. It was a, okay. it was a Hilton. But no bubble shower. No bubble shower. That would have been awesome. Yeah. yeah. How's your week been? Um, my week was, my week was awesome. Okay, so this is what happened. I was, uh, I have a, a single that, a shameless plug, uh, for a song that releases on 11.11. Uh, you know this. Mm-hmm. So, uh, there was, uh, good things, okay, we'll, we'll just say it. So, what happened was, I was like, oh, I'm not gonna be able to do a video, I don't know who to get it, blah, blah, blah. Out of the blue, one of my buddies calls me and says, hey, I'm, uh, I want to do some work with my new camera, but I want to get into uh, more into uh, music videos. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any songs for videos that you, that you want to shoot? And I'm like, I have a song that's coming out right now. Like, how the, what are the odds? He just gets yeah. me up. So I'm excited. I uh, do some filming, looking for locations, uh, find an actor. Uh, the guy flakes. Yep. Then I find another actor. And this guy wants to, instead of playing the part, he's like, well, I think you should do this. And he wants to change the whole story from what the song is. No, no, no. And you're right. 
And then he was like, well, you know what? If you want to change that, you know, I think I don't think I can be a part of it. And I'm like, oh, my God, two in a row. What happened then? I complained to you about this and said, I'm not even going to do another video. And uh, you, the awesome, fabulous Demi Wilde, said, <laughs> hey, do you want me to be the actor? And you stepped in for yep. this part. And you were amazing. Every the the crew was saying how amazing you were with this, and it was and you were like a godsend with that. So yes, yes. It was funny because like we, I literally just stepped off the plane. You picked me up in my car, and then we just drove straight to the shoot. Yes, yes, that was so crazy. And oh, and wait, can we talk? Because that wasn't your only acting thing. About what? Uh. You, you, I, I saw you. Oh, yeah. I, I was in that little uh, web series, Holly Wounded. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So they're just getting started. Um, a friend of mine a while back over the summer uh, asked me if I was had any acting experience, and I do. Like, And, and so they ended up um, uh, uh, casting me as like a little extra, had like one line in it, and uh, it, that just came out this, this week, too. So, right. yeah, it's Holly Wounded. Um, the ep- it's like a little five-minute short, uh, but it's about... Um, uh, the Working Actors is the name of the, of the episode. Wow. Yeah. Well, th- that was good. I saw you in that, and I, I said, whoa, he's great on camera. <laughs> and so when you said, you want me to do it, I was like, yeah. 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 I, I have no problem getting in front of a camera. <laughs> right? So that's that's awesome. So I, I love it. I yeah. Before we get started, uh-huh. there was a story that you wanted to share from last week oh, for our listeners. God. Oh. So you were coming back from, it was a Southern North Carolina. I was visiting North Carolina, but I believe the airport was in South Carolina. Okay. It was something, or no, you know, it, the airport was in North Carolina, but I had to go to South Carolina in the trip. Anyhow. Okay. Uh, so I get back uh, to the airport, coming back to Los Angeles from North and South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, then... As I'm going through the, you know, having putting my bags through and walking through the TSA and all this, all of a sudden they stop and they keep looking at my bag over and over through the x-ray machine. They're like, yeah, there's something in there. We can't let you through. I'm thinking, what, what could be in there? It's like, we can't let you through. And they do it over and over again. They're like, sir, you're going to have to step over here. We're going to have to search your bag. So meanwhile, uh, I, I don't know why this matters, but I'm the only black dude in this airport also. <laughs> that, that'll come into play just at the end of the story, but not a long story. Anyhow, so I'm there, and uh, they're like, you're going to have to step out. So everyone's looking at me like, who is this guy holding out? The, I mean, the line, the, the, the uh, airport was small, anyhow. Mm-hmm. So uh, everyone's looking. So they go through my bags, the security guy, and the lady who's doing the checkout. Then she reaches in my bag. She pulls out this big plastic bag. You know what the big plastic bag is? A bag with a dildo and some lube. She's holding it up for a good one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, and says, this is what it was. This is what was holding everything up. You're not supposed to have liquid. Still holding it up while she's saying this. Other people are looking at me. like so, Yeah, so I'm the, the only black and the only gay in you know, in the South, and she's waving around your dildo. She's like. waving around my dildo <laughs> and lube. So uh, yeah, so I, if you have lube, don't put it uh, uh, in in the uh, in a bag, and definitely don't put it in the, or don't bring it on with you because that's liquid. I yeah. think most people know that. <laughs> yeah, this is year. This is over like ten years ago, or so. I don't know. How oh, okay, years. this is a while ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and no liquid, and also if you do bring liquid. Don't put it in the same bag as your as your dildo. You can put anything. You can you can check anything. Just FYI. Oh okay. 
I probably shouldn't announce this, but I brought weed from California to South Carolina <laughs> with me <laughs> because I knew I wasn't going to be able to get it there. Watch the TSA will start listening to this show. They checked my bag because they they usually put a little like um, a note if they check your bag and everything in mm-hmm. it. And by the way, like every time I've I've flown in the past like six months, they've checked the bag every time, except the time just now coming back. But mm-hmm. that's a different story. It's because of the layover or whatever. But, um, yeah, every time they, they check, but they didn't find it. Oh, nice, <laughs> nice. So they actually go through the bags sometimes? I think they, they, like, lift up a layer of, like, whatever's in there. And then if they don't find anything... Like they, any guns or but, drugs or, like, yeah, or, but or people? I think they're also required to let you know that they did check mm-hmm. your bag. And so they put a little slip in. Yeah. Anyways, let's get into some news, shall we? Oh, wait, we have new listeners this week. We do have new listeners. We have some from Winston State, Winston Salem, North Carolina, Mount Pleasant, Mount Pleasant, South Carolina, Springfield, Massachusetts, Paris, California. We have some from France, <laughs> Clichy, Ile-de-France, uh, Deer Park, New York, Detroit Lakes, Minnesota, San Diego, California. Uh, some from Guwahati, Assam. I believe that's in India. Um, Alhambra, Arizona. Uh, there's a hell. Okay. Uh, Buren, Washington. Los Angeles, California. That's where we are. Short, Charlotte, North Carolina. Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And Charleston, South Carolina. Thank you guys for listening this week. Uh, I, I almost said Charlotte. Charlotte? Yeah, because Charlotte? We were, we, we've been joking about that recently, so I almost, I almost said it. This is funny. My mom, mm-hmm. born and raised in California, mm-hmm. Orange County at that has been there in, in Charleston, South Carolina for like three or four weeks. Already has a southern accent. Oh my goodness. <laughs> my, you know, I haven't been to Texas in, in, oh God, years. It's probably been 2003, the last time I was there. Yeah. Uh, but I, it's funny, when I do go back, I pick up the accent, like, little things, not everything, I'm, but... You pick little things up, Little, yeah. like I'm fixing to do this or fixing to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, don't forget, if you leave us a comment on Apple Podcasts, we will read it on our next show as well. Let's get into some news. Let's get into some news. So we talked about foxes before. Oh, yeah. Foxy. I love that. That fox that was stealing things. Well, now there's Operation Fox Hunt. Yes, people, it has nothing to do with foxes, but this is what happened. So the Justice Department charged eight people Wednesday with conspiring to work on the behalf of the Chinese government to harass, stalk, and intimidate Chinese citizens into returning to their home country. Five were arrested by the FBI on Wednesday, while three others were believed to be in China. According to the complaint, unsealed Wednesday in a federal court in Brooklyn, the defendants participated in an international campaign to threaten, harass, surveil, and intimidate John Doe No. 1, a resident in uh, New Jersey, and his family in order to force them to return to the People's Republic of China. The international campaign dubbed Operation Fox Hunt is part of the Chinese government's global campaign aimed at reducing this country's population of Chinese citizens. Earlier in the month, Chinese, the Chinese government warned Washington it may detain Americans in China according to a response to the Justice Department's prosecution of Chinese military-affiliated scholars according to a Wall Street Journal report. 
Beijing's warnings followed a series of arrests earlier this year of Chinese scientists conducting research at American universities. The Justice Department charged them with concealing from U.S. immigration authorities their active duty statuses with the People's Liberation Army. Question. Since they were caught, do you think we will be seeing more of a push from the Chinese government to unoccupy uh, the U.S. in the near future? You know, I, I wouldn't say that it's very far-fetched because just because of the blowback that they've been having with the Trump administration, mm -hmm. um, that they're, you know, just, just tensions are getting really high with them. And so I, I almost feel like there might be ulterior motives for this as well. Like, for instance, like, they might not want to, I mean, I don't want to throw away, I'm not throwing the, this out there, but, like, you know, if they choose to attack us at one at some point or another, they wouldn't want to attack their own citizens. Mm. So it would make sense that they would want to pull their citizens away. I think there's a better way to do it, though. Why don't you make it, you know, workable for them or, like, pay them to come back or, you know rather than stalking them and and but again china's got totalitarian tendencies so well, i don't know yeah you you never know i mean there's, there's crazy stuff going on. it's crazy we live in a crazy world yeah definitely well we are getting political this uh, episode it sure <laughs> is um conservative judge amy coney barrett has been elected to the u.s supreme court uh, Senate Republicans have pushed through the U.S. Supreme Court nomination of Judge Amy Coney Barrett amid backlash from many Democrats against the wishes of the people they supposedly serve. Uh, back in 2016, Supreme Court Justice Antonin Scalia died, leaving an empty seat in the country's highest court system. Uh, Republicans claimed since it was an election year that the next president would be the one to nominate the next justice, a power move that held no actual basis in law all while blocking the nomination of Merrick Garland by former President Barack Obama. This time, Republicans shoved through the nomination of Barrett just a mere week before the election. Uh, Justice Amy Coney Barrett's mentor was Justice Angeline Scalia, and her stances on issues are essentially near images of his. The latest edition tips the balance of conservative to liberal justices 6 to 3, leaving many issues such as abortion rights, racial injustice, and a slew of other hot-button issues up for little debate. Uh, Barrett's conservative value, uh, views range from overturning Roe v. Wade, abortion, mm -hmm. uh, weakening constitutional protections for incarcerated individuals, uh, such as voting rights and other things, uh, and potentially leaving criminal justice and police reform in the dust should these suits make it all the way to the Supreme Court, which they most certainly will. She does, however, have varied stances when it comes to citizen privacy and gun reform, according to her issued opinion pieces. Famously, Ruth Bader Ginsburg's dying wish was that the Senate not elect a new justice until after the election. She passed away on September 18th, a month and a half before the election. Okay. Now, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez tweeted earlier calling for Dems to expand the court and if they win the election or if they win the election to maintain the proper balance and that Republicans think that they do not have the stones to do so. What do we think would happen if Dems do play hardball to expand the court? Civil War. Uh, <laughs> Please don't joke about that. No, but you know, I, I, I'm only half kidding because it's starting already. I think there's a huge, huge We're gap. Essentially already in a civil war, yeah. Yeah, and it's, you know, certain things come uh, all of a sudden. Other things come like 
you know, some lakes get filled drop by drop. And I think that's what's happening right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I don't know whether they're going to expand the court. I don't know whether that would be the best move either. Uh, I mean, because... <laughs> I mean, I, this is the thing. And this is... I'm going to be... I, on one hand, I, I definitely believe... Uh, I do think... I want to see it more even. Yeah. And I think it should be more even. Yeah. But here's the deal. There, the whoever the president is is who elects or who nominates these folks yeah. for for the courts. Now the reason I'm bringing this up is there's some people who uh, said you know, you know old Joe Biden and uh, and Trump are exactly the same. They're blah blah blah. People said that with Clinton. Some people you know we, even though they were so varied on issues, somebody said well it doesn't matter because uh, you know Trump and Clinton are just the same. You know if even if you believe that you know when it's not the same. When it comes time to pick uh, Supreme Court justices, yeah, and I think if people, if you want to look at business and say it's all the same, that's one thing. But that's why uh, I think you know, vote, 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 because uh, these are the people that are going to be nominating people to the Supreme Court. Yeah. So uh, just keep that in mind. I think they should. Just, yeah. I mean. I really hate to say this, but like you know, not even in like a selfish way. Like even mm-hmm. if it was just like. Uh, a six to five, mm-hmm. like, you know, Republican, Democrat, like it would be more balanced at that point, just simply because, okay, sure. You guys played hardball and, and you guys did nefarious things in order to get your way with, with, you know, and, and they're, they're just into power and it's just fucking crazy. But, um, when they actually decide to, you know, block nominations and 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 it's just it's just crazy it's just i don't know why people do that yeah i mean and it i will say the rules change uh depending on who's in office or the rules change that you know the, depending on you know who people want in office so right. it's it, it so that's there right well there's something that's not political something that that happened that i'm very very surprised about a lot of people are so scientists have gathered some uh, uh, some compelling evidence now that there is water on the moon, Ooh. and it may be relatively accessible, with no significant atmosphere insulating it from the sun's rays. It's been assumed that the moon's surface was dry, until the 1990s, when orbiting spacecraft found indications of ice in a large, inaccessible crater near the moon's poles. Then, in 2009, imaging spectrometers uh, recorded signatures consistent with water in light reflecting off the moon's surface. Even so, technical limitations meant it was impossible to know if this was really water or hydroxyl molecules from minerals. Now, NASA has detected a chemical signature that is ambiguous, H2O, by measuring the wavelengths of the sunlight reflecting off the moon's surface. The get data was gathered by the Stratospheric Observatory for Infrared Astronomy, or SOFIA. I love these acronyms. <laughs> uh, the water was discovered at high latitudes towards the moon's south pole in abundance of about 100 to 400 parts uh, per mi- million H2O. It is about as much as is dissolved in the lava flowing on the Earth's mid-ocean ridges. Questions remain, however. One is the form uh, in which the water exists. 
one possibility is that it is dissolved within lunar glass that was created when uh, meteorites hit the moon's surface. Alternatively, tiny ice crystals could be distributed between grains of lunar soil. The latter would be far easier to extract. Another is how deep the newly conformed water source uh, extends. It, if it were restricted to the uppermost few microns or millimeters, then its practical significance would be minimal, although it would still beg interesting scientific questions about how it got there. The only real way to find out is to go to the moon and start drilling. Uh, this might not be so far off. NASA's Artemis mission plans to send male and female astronauts to the moon by 2024. Question. Uh, if there was water on the moon at one point, does that mean that there was life there too? I would assume so. Um, like, as we learned from, you know, grade school science is that, you know, where there's water, there is life. Whether it be bacterial life or, or you know, microorganisms, uh, I think that at that... My guess, though, is that it probably came from space just because of all the craters that are in the moon. Space water. Space water or ice. You know, it could be yeah. even like a comet because I, I believe because of all those craters, it's been hit by a bunch of things. And the moon doesn't really have an atmosphere to block those types of things like we do. Yeah. Um, that's where we get meteor showers and things like that. Um, and space trash, but, uh... You're space trash! <laughs> That's what they called me in, in prison. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind, I don't know what that means. Um, speaking of space trash, um, there were weird lights over Hawaii. Ooh! Um, so, after a raging pandemic, natural disasters driven by climate change, and strange sightings, 2020 has been weird and always possible. Something that recently happened in Hawaii baffled citizens. People saw mysterious lights booming across the night sky, confusing many and providing a backbone to a classic case of mass hysteria, laden with conspiracy theories and bizarre assumptions. While netizens fueled rumor mills claiming it was most definitely aliens or military invasion, a scientist told a local news organization what it actually was, what it exactly was. According to John O'Meara, the chief scientist at WM Keck Observatory in Hawaii, uh, the light emanated not from aliens or from the military, but actually from a rocket booster. Omira told Maui now that it was indeed a rocket booster, which caused the glowing lights across the sky, which were used to launch a Venezuelan communication satellite back in 2008. It became visible after all these years, owing to the decay that had undergone the Earth's atmosphere. After all the damage, it re-entered the Pacific after being slowed down due to slowed uh, capability. The scientists, however, acknowledged the uncanny degree of the light, claiming that it was not unusual for space junk to fall from the sky, but in unusual, un, uh, but in unusual circumstances, it does not produce the, such a sprawling light show. According to him, we got lucky for it was visible to the human eye. <laughs> now, what if it was actually aliens? You know what? Then my prediction, <laughs> if it were, then my prediction about this month about uh the october well, surprise yeah the october surprise would be aliens that was what i was gonna say that's what i've been saying like for months and months and uh as of this show this is uh <laughs> are we allowed to say this yes yeah, we're, so we're taping on halloween yeah um happy halloween it's, it's over for for everyone listening but uh happy november but uh yeah so i i thought so i guess there's no october surprise unless the aliens come today I hope yeah, today. Today, you know, it, that's a little. You know, I, I do have to say, 
that it's funny, Hawaii has had a bunch of these uh, crazy things. Do you remember last year there was a false missile, uh, a ballistic missile uh, uh, text that went out to everybody? So for about five minutes, everybody in Hawaii thought that they were going to get hit by a missile. Did you, did you hear about that? No. It was a huge thing. So somebody at one of the uh, emergency places... Oh, yeah, they did. Yeah, yes. and they had that, that alarm that, or like that Amber Alert or whatever that came on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, oh my God, oh my God, batting down the hatches. Yeah, hide your kids, hide your wife, <laughs> hide your ass. Hide your husband. Yeah, because everybody's going to get blown up is what they thought. But yeah, Hawaii's had a, a big thing. Yeah. Crazy. Well, we are going to take a quick little break. Uh, if you're listening to Patreon, we will be coming back with Sexuality 101 oh, uh, for yeah. the final installment this month. And next month, we're going to be doing something else. And uh, for the regular episode, we'll be coming back with Jay's Cosmic Insights. Show will. Anyways, uh, we are back to... Uh, uh, the, what show are we doing? <laughs> Where are we? Welcome back to A Cosmic Journey with Demi and Jay. Yes, um, this is the regular episode, so we're going straight into Jay's Cosmic Insights. What have you got for us today? Well, not straight, but... Uh, <laughs> so, Starseeds, uh, one thing I... We, you know, we talk about reinventing ourselves, and one way to do that is changing our consciousness, changing what's in the mind, changing what, what we think about, and there are a couple of ways to change, uh, to change our consciousness. The first one is to uh, sound simple, to but to actually make up our mind to do it. I think there's certain things that we don't accomplish because we're iffy on those things. There's certain things we don't accomplish because we haven't made up our mind to do things. And other things we made up our mind to do. We talked about, you know, we uh, a couple of weeks ago we talked about the four agreements. Mm-hmm. There are agreements that we make with ourselves so many times. Think about these agreements. You know, well, I'm, I'm just not good at this. That's an agreement. We make up our minds that we're not good at this. Oh crap! I'm, you know, I'm, you know, I, I just have to get mad when when this happens. This happens, and I can't control myself. That's an agreement that we make. Yeah. So I think when it comes to changing our consciousness, the first step is the getting out of the point where we think that we can't do anything. I I love it when I was your age. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I love this, but because uh, we're we're about ten years apart, uh, and. Uh, I remember when I turned 31, though, or no, I was 30. Uh, when I turned 30, one thing that happened, this is why I loved my 30s, things that I had taken for granted all my life, I questioned some of those things. And I said, oh, why, why can't I do that? I, it's so funny. I was always told by my mother, oh, you can't sing or dance. And it's like now I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing music. I'm a musician, you know, a mm-hmm. singer-songwriter. But I realized, wow, and I started doing karaoke and doing other things and singing in front of people and working on my voice and then getting compliments. And what I'm, ma- what I'm saying is that there's certain things that we've made up in our minds we couldn't do. Speaking of guitar, it's funny. I, it's embarrassing to say, for those of you who know guitar, I avoided doing bar chords for a decade. So just imagine for my musician friends that are that are listening, uh, how you would think, how can you write a song or really play guitar without bar chords? How can you uh, avoid that? So I avoided that because I was like, I don't like the way it makes my fingers feel. And then one day, one day, I said, this is silly. I'm going to make up my mind to do it. And I'm going to stay here until I do it. 
and the thing that I had avoided for over a decade, it took me like a day and a half to learn how to do. <laughs> and now my fingers just go like that. So what I'm what I'm bringing up here is that we have to, in certain times, if you want to change your consciousness, making up our minds to actually do that. There, there's certain things that I think we do more if we commit to. Do you have anything? Uh, it's so funny. I, you know me mm-hmm. and certain things that I have that I commit to and other things I'm really wishy-washy on. But, you know, certain things I've committed to. I've committed to uh, a little thing. I think I read it the other day. My kind of like mantra statement that I read to myself every single morning. And I made up in my mind that I'm going to read that. And that has a great effect on my subconscious mind. But if I don't read that, I get out of bed because it's a thing that I know I'm doing. And once we come from a place... So I, I know I'm going to get into the other things that you've heard before, other things that you might suggest, but... I can't tell anybody, you know, this is going to work if you haven't made up your mind that this is what you want to do. Right. And weigh the pros and cons. It might, you know, changing your consciousness, some people might want to stay the same. And I'm not saying anything bad about about that, you know, but if you want to change your consciousness, first thing to do is make up your mind that that's an actual goal. Uh, the second part, uh, which you know we're going to talk about, is meditation. Yeah. Uh, one of those things, meditation, we, we've given it so many different uh, definitions. Uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza always says that meditation, it means to become familiar with. Uh, another way to look at meditation is it's training the brain. I like that one. So meditation, if I want to change my consciousness, I have to train my brain. Now, my brain has already been trained, actually. By, on the brain train. Yes, on the brain train. <laughs> by all these years, by decades of doing the same thing the same way, brushing my teeth with the same hand, getting out of the bed on the same side, drinking out of the same coffee cup, you know, walking the same way, putting my same leg in the pants first. I mean, it's just like so many of these things are on autopilot because I've done them so much. And what meditation does is it slows that down. You might ask, how does it slow it down? Now, the thing that I feel I'm having a little withdrawal because we haven't talked about brain waves uh, in a couple of weeks, right? <laughs> it's been a little while, right? But uh, I think it's uh, it's to understand meditation and understand how it helps somebody change their consciousness. You need to understand brain waves. So, so speaking of, mm-hmm. for just a moment, I was listening to a podcast the other day, and uh-huh. they were talking about all the different brain waves. Ooh, and I need to send it to you. It's like a Mind Valley podcast type thing. And, yes, okay. And okay. he was talking about all of, like the alpha. Beta, beta, blah, 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 all those different ones. Yeah. And what they do and, and what the gigahertz and everything is. And, Ooh. And, and so th- you might be interested in that. Nice. Well, yeah, no, I had, I think in one episode I had a chart. Of course, no one can see the chart. Uh, we'll do videos soon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know why you'll I said, see, oh, you'll yeah. You'll see that we're actually shirtless. Yes. We have, we have, who needs shirts? It's, we <laughs> we're podcasting. In Southern, <laughs> Southern California. You spelled pant wrong. Uh, but uh, meditation. Uh, what it does is it, it changes the, the brainwave. So uh, beta is what, during the day, we're usually on beta. You know when you're driving to work, you're doing your thing, you're doing your job, you're, those are beta brainwaves. It's mm-hmm. what you know, we're, we're definitely in. Sometimes when you chill out, you relax, your eyes are closed, you're, you know, you're just kind of chilling a little bit. That is, uh, those are alpha brainwaves. And when you're uh, asleep, or in deep meditation, uh, excuse me, yeah, in deep meditation, that is, those are, uh, are theta brainwaves. So what happens is when I'm in beta, that I'm active, I'm moving around, I'm doing this, there's so many things coming at me, and I'm just dealing with things 
you know, my subconscious is just running the show, dealing with things. What happens is that that subconscious has, again, been prepped to do what it does for all of my life. What meditation is, it says, hold up one second, subconscious. I know you have all these ideas. You have all these ways of doing things. But we're going to take a step back, and it makes the brain in charge of the body instead of the other way around. There's a school of thought that looks as at the subconscious mind or the body as the subconscious mind, mm -hmm. because a habit is when the brain, when the body knows how to do something better than the brain. I can't really tell you how to tie my shoe, but if you untie it, I, I could not tell you right now which loop goes where, right? But if I had my shoe untied, I would just tie it really quickly because the brain knows how, the body knows how to do that better than the brain. So for better or worse, there are a lot of things that my body knows how to do uh, better than my brain. Sometimes like complain, sometimes like get tired, sometimes like give up. So what meditation is, I put myself in, take myself out of alpha, slow the brain wave, excuse me, out of beta, slow the brain waves down to alpha maybe even theta, but we'll just talk about alpha first. So I slow my brain waves down. And how do I do that? I get still. Uh, you I, Again, I'd say there's meditation by jogging, which I do also. But a meditation uh, type that I've avoided all my life and I'm starting to get into a little bit more is that stillness meditation. Because what happens, we take ourselves from the beta, from the, ah, you know, busy this and that, slow it down. Breathing slows down. Brain waves slow down. And now I get quiet, and as my head gets quiet, I get to observe my thoughts. And really, this is where the battle begins, because when I'm alone, I sit down, I close my eyes, and observe my thoughts. Then I really realize what I'm up against. Mm -hmm. Because what happened is I close my eyes, and what I'm thinking is, I don't want to do this. Old consciousness trying for me not to be somebody else. Uh, I'm tired. Uh, I don't want to do this. You know, I'll just stay the same. I, and what happens is watch the thoughts when you're in meditation and you're quiet. Watch the thoughts. Don't get upset about the negative thoughts. See the negative thoughts that come into your head and realize, you know, when you're meditating that that's what it's about. That's where the, the battle begins. And what happens is as my brain waves slow down, I am allowed to feed myself the type of person that I want to be. Now, if I did that in alpha... This is what happens when I do that in alpha. I feed myself that stuff, and my brain's like, no, nah, and, and, and then my, my subconscious mind's like, no, 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 this is what we're doing. But when I am in alpha or theta, which is right before I go to sleep, right but when I wake up, I'm more susceptible to suggestion. So what I feed myself then is, is more powerful. So what happens is I, I put myself in the right mind frame. Then I feed myself what I want my subconscious to have, which is uh, easily accessible in, in, uh, in um, alpha or theta. Now, uh, we do that. So, uh, you know, make up your mind to do it. Uh, have some meditation. The third one, I like this, and I've done this recently, mood exercises. There are, you know, certain times where I felt like I was on top of the world, and then something happened to gut check me. And it's just like, and you know me, you know, like I can be great, great. But sometimes when I get into a negative space, if that lingers too long, I go deep. Oh, me too. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, for the most part, I stay pretty level, mm -hmm. um, luckily. Uh, but there's times that I definitely, and I thought I was bipolar for a while. Mm -hmm. And I, uh, where I would just be like, 
on top of the world. Just like, I feel powerful. I can take on the world. I can fight anybody. Like, you know, I just like, I can kick ass. Yeah. And then all of a sudden the next day I wake up and I'm like, I hate everything. And it's just like, I don't know where that discrepancy comes from or Mm -hmm. like what, what triggers it for the most part. I'm understanding what triggers it, but there's just moments that I'm just kind of like, well, fuck, like what, what do I do now? And I can kind of stay in that for like a while. Yeah. And it's hard to dig myself back up. Um, in fact, recently I was kind of like in that place and, and it took a few days to kind of get myself mm-hmm. back level. Um, but now I can see myself like kind of picking back up again. Yeah. And it gets scary. And one thing I have to, uh, and I call it mood exercises. This is the thing. Now, I didn't realize that I had choice over how I felt. Somebody right now is probably going, no, no, you don't have a choice because you feel what you feel, right? Which is emotions come, and we don't have control over the emotions that that do come. Uh, Scientists say that we really only feel emotion for about 90 seconds. Mm -hmm. And after that, we if we think about it or bring it back into thought, we're reliving it. But that emotional, the the physical uh, feeling of the emotion, the physicality of it, only really happens for 90 seconds. Mm-hmm. But what happens is we exercise that over, you know, what is exercise? You work a muscle till it becomes stronger. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens with our emotions sometimes. We can work a negative emotion until it becomes stronger. That's why mood exercises are so important. So I realized there's certain things that I would think about on, and I think about these things and all of a sudden my gut, down in my gut with like, oh, I get that pain. Or even in my heart sometimes I get shorter breath and all of a sudden I'm, and I have to ask myself sometimes, why am I upset about these things? Sometimes it's just a, a fear of the future thing. Sometimes it's, it's, it's having to go to, to work and to do you know, a certain job. Sometimes it's a project that I didn't want to do. And all of a sudden, I felt, sometimes it was jealousy thing. We talked about this. It was funny mm-hmm. before. And all these things happened, and I felt a negative emotion. And mood exercise, this is what it is. I train myself to be happy because I've trained myself to be unhappy so many ways. So how do I train myself to be happy? This is what I've done. So I think of the, the, there are certain things that right now I see, I think about, and all of a sudden I get sad. So this is what I've had to do. I've had to let myself see that, feel the feeling, then bring it into a positive thought. So I think about a positive thought, something that makes me happy, something that makes me glad, something that makes me smile, and I hold that positive thought, right? I hold it for as long as I can. Then I bring the thought, I hold hold a positive feeling in. Then I bring that thought that was scary to me into mind. And I connect those two, just like kind of Pavlov's dog, because every time I thought this before, I get the negative feeling. But what I do, the mood exercise is when I have this thought, I have this awesome feeling, and I bring that thought into that where I can let that feeling that used to be scary, I can let that be okay. For the fairy, for the fairy, for the Harry Potter fans out there, mm-hmm. it's the ridiculous spell when he's, the bogger comes out of the closet. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to think of a happy thought. When the scary thing comes at you, oh. and then you cast the spell, the ridiculous spell, mm-hmm. and it turns it into something funny. Oh well, yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's so funny, and I'm thinking about this because one of the things that I feared most this since the summer, or actually, no, one of the things I feared most for like almost a year happened. You know, recently, I was like, and I was like, oh, I don't want this to happen, and you know, and the thing happened. 
And it wasn't a bad thing, but in my brain, it was just like, so I trained my brain and now my brain is at the point to where that's not a, like a, a, a sad thing. It's a happy thing. And I can be like, oh, that's, that's, you know, that's awesome. Yeah. And, but what happened is that for anybody that's like, well, I just feel like this and you can't change the way you feel. That is a, I mean, that's a great practice holding the feeling of something you love. That's something that's happy. And then all these things that scare you to bring the scary thought into that. So it's a little less scary that, that way I connect the things that scare me or, you know, in, into a, a positive frame. So do a mood exercise. It doesn't have to be just something that scares you, but something that puts you in a bad mood realize that that doesn't have to put you in a bad mood. Yeah. I, I used to look at stuff and realize, oh my God. And then just that moment of, do I really have to be upset about this? Like, there are people that are living worse, that bad lives, and they're happy. So how do I, and it's just training my brain, but the mood exercises are, uh, are important. Uh, so another thing, uh, so we talked about making up your mind, uh, meditation, mood exercises, Make room. Make room in your life for better you. This is what I mean. There's there's an old joke. Uh, there's a, there, there's an old joke that uh, this guy is a you know is a great guy. He's a great great guy, and uh, he wants to win the lotto. He's so poor and he wants to win the lotto. And he every day he prays to God. God help me win the lotto. God help me win the lotto. He never, you know, and he, he doesn't. And then, you know, one day he said, God, help me be, win the lotto. And then God answers him. He's like, dude, dude, I will. Can you do one thing, though? Buy a freaking ticket, you know? <laughs> and what happens is that we sometimes, there's so many gifts and so many things that we could manifest. We don't have room in our lives for those things. And so funny that uh, I, I thought about getting a, uh, a passport and somebody went to, before I got my passport, somebody said, uh, why don't you get a passport? And I was like, oh, I don't, I don't travel. They're like, of course you don't travel. You don't have a passport. You know? <laughs> uh, we need to make room for, for things. And sometimes making room for things means that other things have to go. Speaking of, mm -hmm. uh, before I even knew where I was going to go, Mm -hmm. I got a passport, and I think like a year later, my mom and I went to London. Nice. Yeah. So she had to get hers too. But like, I already, I already like, like I'm, I'm gonna, whatever it is, I have this opportunity. I'm gonna get my passport. Yeah. And then like a year later, we went to, we went to London. Yeah. I mean, in making room for things, it might seem like a small thing, but here it is. Suppose you didn't have the passport everything was great suppose i mean it could have been a situation everything's paid for this this can you do it oh but i don't have my passport yeah and what happens is sometimes we don't make room for things and some of the things we miss out on aren't because we're not qualified for or because people were mean to us it's simply that we haven't made room for it uh i realized that i have to make room for uh for my life and i this is one thing i'm working on right now is making room for money to come in my life, mm -hmm. making room for opportunities to come in my life. And sometimes that's by saying yes to things. Sometimes I excuse stuff out of my life and I don't make room for it because I don't say yes. You know what, what uh, or I don't say yes to the right things. Mm -hmm. uh, I, with this, it's funny, with this whole video thing, uh, somebody asked me, you know, I was so excited about this video thing, but... 
uh, well, that, that's a bad example because I, I was just so excited about that. But the very first show that I did, uh, someone asked me to do a show. Uh, uh, Ryan, who you met, Sun Zeus, great, great musician, uh, and a funny guy. Anyhow, uh, we would we did a show together. But when I first got asked to do that show, uh, I was like, I don't know enough. I can't play well enough. I don't know. And I almost said no. But I said yes, and the things that have happened and followed through, the the next show, the one uh, you came to, mm-hmm. uh, I was just like, I don't, somebody asked me, and I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. And all of a sudden, just things started to unfold in my life. So we have to make room, and making room is making room for thoughts. It's just funny, because you were so natural that night, too, just like flitting around, talking to any of everybody, then you walked up there, and you like did the thing. <laughs> it, was, it was dope to witness. I was only there for your set, because I had to go do stuff, but... Uh, yeah, it was actually a pretty cool experience to watch you Aww. do. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's like it, it, I would, and, and like I was like the duck that is that swan that you know. It's funny they say that swan, a swan uh, is graceful, you know, gliding across, you know, but what's happening underneath that water? He's paddling like hell, mm-hmm. and I felt like I was, you know, really nervous and you know my heart was beating like hell. But making room is not only you know I make room with my with my for things, I make room with my thoughts, right? Mm-hmm. Because I realized, this is what I started to realize, that I sometimes can think a thing that is disturbing me and that's scary, but then I got to think about it again because, you know, it gets, it, it's, I'm addicted to a, to a thought that I don't even like, which means if I keep that up, I get addicted to a life that I don't even like. And I keep thinking these things and these, these great ideas, if my mind is so occupied with these things that, that are keeping me down, I can't let any of the good ideas come in. Yeah. So uh, make room for things. Make room for thoughts. Make room uh, in time. Like I, I realize that setting aside a certain time, usually either you know a certain time a day. It, you know, I love it how a lot of times we text each other at eleven eleven. Yeah. There are certain times when you set aside a time to do something all of a sudden it becomes more ingrained in you and uh, more a part of you. Uh, so Even uh, when I don't get it, like I, I, I it, sometimes it'll come like a minute or two later. Yeah, like yeah. I already ex- expect to hear from you at 11-11. Yeah, yeah, and I, I love that. Uh, speaking, no, we'll, some, we'll talk about what's happening at 11-11 at some other point. But uh, <laughs> We already announced it. I know, I know, I know, but I get excited. Now I hear 11-11, sometimes I think of, of that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so uh, to change your consciousness, uh, make up your mind, do some meditation, do some mood exercises, make room, room and time, thoughts, things. But also, when all that happens, the end result is that you get matched or we get matched with more of whatever it is that we are. I say this a lot, but it's still true. Uh, we get matched. We talk about frequencies, matching frequencies. When you do the other four things, the fifth thing that happens is we get matched with the frequency of where our consciousness is. So I realize that uh, I, I, if I want money, I cannot keep thinking about how broke I am. And I can't keep making statements. Oh, I'm just so broke. I used to make the joke. Oh, I'm so broke. If someone robbed me, they'd be practicing. (laughs) You know, I used to say things like that. And I reaffirm being broke. And what happened would be I would be matched with the frequency and the energy of of, of no money. Sorry. (laughs) No, no, no. I had a really funny story. 
uh, I went to go in for my uh, benefits counselor meeting, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I was filling out paperwork. I don't suggest this to anybody, but I, this is a funny story. Um, I, I was starting to affirm to myself, like, I'm not, I'm not unemployed. I'm self-employed, mm-hmm. even though I'm not really making any money doing this. But like, I, I started like doing things like saying, like, oh, instead of saying, oh, what are you doing right now? I'm unemployed. No, I'm self-employed mm. because I'm still doing things, but I'm doing it for myself. Mm-hmm. I started filling out this paperwork for this thing, and my my counselor says, "What are you doing? Like, what are you doing that you're self-employed?" I'm like, "Oh, well, I'm I'm doing this and this and this." Like, okay, let me fill out this other form then. Pulls out this other <laughs> form. I'm like, wait, wait, what? And she goes, "Yeah, well, since you're self-employed, you have to fill out a separate tax document for this." And it was oh. like three pages long. I'm like, "Never mind, I'm unemployed." <laughs> <laughs> It's like, we we want the frequent whatever frequency is going to have me fill out less paperwork. Exactly. I want to vibrate on that frequency exactly. right now. That is awesome. No, but I and you know I started thinking that I changed my views around money and not so much money as in me being taken care of because I realized that one of my biggest fears is you know I'm not going to have enough being taken care of and there's certain things that have come to me this week that haven't come with money they've just come with opportunity. Mm-hmm. There's, uh, you know, something, you know, you know that I, uh, something that I applied for months and months ago, uh, that I was on a waiting list. Which you hear a waiting list, that means you're not going to get it. And it came back around. Hey, you were on the waiting list, and this is happening. And there's so many things where even if I'm not getting the money for certain things, I'm getting monetary equivalent. So what happens is that when we put ourselves in, and I tell myself every day that. Uh, that I'm happy, healthy, wealthy, and wise. And all of a sudden, these things, I'm being matched with, with, with things. I'm being, I mean, I started thinking that I, when I run sometimes and I jog, I see people wave sometimes. I, and I think, if I think negative thoughts, I try to excuse it right away. But I tell myself, oh, people are happy, people are friendly. Because the more I fill myself and fill my head and my brain with the fact that people are kind and I live in a great world, all of a sudden, I see greatness popping on, and you know, kind people and all this popping up all around me. And why is that? It's because that's the frequency I'm vibrating on, and I'm matching myself with that. Uh, there are many, many ways to change one's consciousness. Uh, these are just five of them. But uh, I want to uh, hear some, you know, some of your thoughts. Uh, leave in the comments if you've tried any of these. If you plan star seeds to try any of these this week, uh, let us know in the comments section how this works and, uh, you know, your experience with this. We'd love to hear. Absolutely. We're going to take another quick break, and when we come back, we're going to be coming back with our guest, Ness Hernandez from Real Ratchet and Reckless Podcast. Demi and Jay, it's Aunt Sylvia calling ya. Hey, I just want to say happy Halloween to ya. Uncle Snappy says he loves you too. He's out there mowing the lawn. He's cutting the he's cutting into the shape of a pumpkin for Halloween. Uh, you got I want to ask you. You had that girl on the show this week. Is was her name Nessie, the ratchet girl? Is she a repair person with she, with the ratchet? Cause I got some pipes that need to be cleaned and to be fixed. But uh, you know, call me back if she could do it. And uh, if if not, it's all right too. You guys have a good day. Have a good show. I love you. Bye. 
All right, we are back, and this is uh, our host of the Real Ratchet and Reckless podcast, the lovely the Ratchet, Nessa Nandez. What's good? How are you guys? Fabulous. Awesome. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, we really I was, I was so it. late, but it's Halloween, and you guys know we got to get things done. So I was like rushing <laughs> everywhere. But we're here. We made it. Uh, let's do it. Absolutely. Yes. Um, so before we get into the questions here, we've known each other for quite a while. We used to work together. Yes. Um, I don't remember. Shout out like, to hell, the Hell's Kitchen. Yeah, no. <laughs> Hell's Kitchen, exactly. I don't remember. I, I don't remember getting to know you until like a lot later because like, A, there's like a million people that work there and and it was hard to get to know anybody there. Exactly, so, especially everyone's in the in the uniform, like everyone just like like little ends. So it's totally. like to really stop and talk and get to know, it's not why we're there, you know? Totally. Uh, but it happens, it's a journey. Um, but yeah, I agree. I feel like um, it took us a while to get to know each other, but I guess when it'll be downtime, I feel like everybody would take advantage of downtime and try to just see what everybody does. I mean, it was interesting because I always say that the girl where we worked at, um, there's a lot of personality. Like there was a lot of personality I would visit at other restaurants and i was like it wasn't the same so definitely cool to find out and you know follow people on instagram and actually find out what they love to do outside of making money you know mm. so it, it was cool it was cool um can you tell us where you grew up and what was like your childhood like so i grew up here in south central los angeles i've been living here all my life um yeah. my yeah so my parents um actually we live next to the school where they met um oh. so my dad is from el salvador my mom's from mexico my mom was born here and my dad came around at the age of like six seven i thought it was three he told me it was like a little older <laughs> um but they grew up here they met in high school and it went from there and we've lived all through south central and my childhood um I always say like I grew up in the hood, but I was never really allowed to be out in the hood. Like my dad was never mm -hmm. really okay with that because he was a little hood baby. So he didn't want the same for us. So he was very strict. Um, mm -hmm. My mom is still and is was always very amazing and always kept us like, like she was a type like at home if we were on vacation or something for school, like it was about activities and arts and crafts. Like she was very creative. So I feel like that helped a lot for me also being creative. Like Halloween, I always get excited, oh. even though I couldn't go all out this year, but I've always been very <laughs> creative. Um, and then my dad was always very like stern and very committed and confident. And I feel like I got a little bit of both of them, like perfect amount of both of them. Um, so yeah, I grew up in South Central and I did see a lot of things growing up um, that I soon, as I got older, I started working with kids. Um, that was like one of my favorite jobs when I was doing the restaurant, yeah. I was doing a little bit of both, but I feel like definitely as I got older, I was like, okay, the shit I was doing or living or what I saw growing up is not normal, you know? <laughs> so I think working with the kids um, really helped me in that sense. Like every time I see with the kids and I meet the parents, I'm like, okay, it makes sense. You know why they behave that way or, you know, just certain characteristics that the kids were showing. I was like, oh shit. Like, this this is probably why i think the way i think because not to say my parents were bad but also my parents weren't perfect you know i saw a lot of things growing up and just like we obviously didn't have money so it's like it was very mm -hmm. like we always work with what we had um and i always did that with anything that i kind of like didn't like like whatever i had at home like i would make that shit work um were you close to think, them oh yeah close like, to them, your parents yeah, well, they're they're pretty young when they had me. So mm -hmm. when my mom had me, she was eighteen, and my dad was nineteen. 
Um, so it was very like we our relationship was tight because as they were growing up, we were growing up. So it was kind of like uh, my dad would talk to us like we were just the little homies, you know, like <laughs> but, <laughs> with him, like he was very strict, um, yeah. but in his little ratchet way, which I appreciated <laughs> eventually, you know. Yeah. Um, but I also realized like him whooping my ass and all that. I was like, okay, that was not always acceptable. Like now that I see it, I'm I like, hear you. Yeah. Not cool. Like, you, do you have um, brothers and sisters? Yeah, yeah oh okay yeah so we're all like two years apart and then one year apart like it's only three of us and we're all very close in age and then my parents like we're pretty close my dad got on my nerves growing up because like i said he was straight but i'm at an age now where i'm like okay i understand you and just to see yourself grow up and be like damn <laughs> like i have a little bit of both of them you know it's creepy mm. Yeah, I had a similar growing up experience, I think, too. Like, uh, I, I grew up in a very kind of like, you know, hood neighborhood and we were like the only white family on the block. So like all my yeah. friends were like people of color and, and all that stuff. And so like we, I saw some some crazy shit, too. Like like the, the the neighborhood next to ours was just like gun violence and like all kinds of crazy stuff. So like I, I heard and, and saw things that I probably should. Where did have, you like, grow up? I, didn't I even grew know. up in Visalia, California. No oh, one's ever God. heard of that. I know. <laughs> no, I'm like, but there's a hood everywhere. People also forget, yeah. like, there's a yeah. hood everywhere. There's like the well, little hood I moved area. To, I moved to Riverside area. when I was like 13. Mm. So like, oh, Riverside is another fun. area that's. No, yeah, every little area has like their own little thing. But um, yeah. at the end of the day, it just comes honestly to the poor and the rich. You get me? So it's like no matter where yeah. hood away from, obviously it's called the hood because there's no money there. So people don't <laughs> like we don't know how to act out here because there's nothing out here for us. Like it's crazy because it's like. I, I, every time if I want to go somewhere nice or eat somewhere good, like I always got to leave my area, you know, it's like, there's nothing around here. Um, yeah. and it's like, now I'm at an age where I just see it and I'm like, let me give you guys a little example. So, mm-hmm. um, it's a lot of good here in the hood. Like people forget that, like right here where there is the least, like, like I said, the hood is because it's poor. Like where there's the least, there's the most talent, like the most everything. Like there's so much cool shit that mm-hmm. happens here. But obviously, like we don't have the same resources. And right. if you don't, the sad truth is, is like if my parents weren't as they were, like who knows what would have been to me, you know? Like I didn't really attend all my homeschools. Like I would have been like the schools I went to really toned me down. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So yeah. um, if, if kids don't have like that parent support, like what else they got, you know, it's obviously the streets. So it's like, it's, it's crazy that I do appreciate um, that even though I had weak ass resources here that my parents were kind of on it with my mom. And like, I go out and I'm obviously I'm comfortable in my neighborhood. So like I go around the stores here, whatever. So I went to right here on, I live on Vermont. So like on Vernon and Slauson, there, uh, Vermont and Slauson, sorry. There's like a little shop there and they have like this little DD's discount. They have like the good stores, right? Mm-hmm. Like where you can find yeah. the shit for cheap. So I went and I went to a shoe store and this guy, right when I walked in, I had a bathroom somewhere else. The security was like, I walked in, he's like, oh, excuse me, ma'am. And I was like, oh, yes. And then he's like, can you just tie your, like tie your bag? Like not the bag. And I was just kind of like, oh my God, things like that irritate me because it's like, I get people do steal shit, but it's like, you're, you're like labeling already. Like you're basically saying you might steal. I don't care what, like who you are, what you look like, but it's sad that it's like a norm, but it's like, I was like, damn, like if I really was an extra ass bitch, I would have been like, I'm not going (laughs) to nod my back and you could follow me all over the store, but I'm not like, I feel like people nodding the bag is kind of like, you're like, these are not rules. They don't say COVID. You got to knot your bag, you know, better. <laughs> they're not gonna ask you to not your bag so i was kind of offended but i'm like it's sad that it's like yes these things do happen in the hood but it's sad that in a way it's like they 
restrict you in a way because oh we already assume you're gonna steal yeah. you get me so it's just sad that people have to feel that like i'm for me whatever i'm i feel like i'm stronger than that like all right fucking i know but there's people that really would feel like damn like that that they put it in their head you already like making that rule is like you know what maybe I, I should come up on some shit now like i really thought about it i was right. like you know what <laughs> when i walk away i could unknot it just and to so spite she, you yeah so it's just um, like it's really sad just thinking of those things the way things are around here totally uh what did you want to be when you grew up uh when i was little you know you tell your like parents love to hear i want to be a doctor i want to be a cop or whatever like you know like the bigger things because it's yeah. like you always think but growing up i feel like i remember i wanted to be a teacher i remember mm. saying that I don't know why. I like to like just teach. I was I work with kids, so that helped. But growing up, you're just like, oh no, the district around here and these kids. Oh my God, it's just not the same. So I, I think I wanted to be a teacher, but definitely what I'm doing now, I didn't even feel like there was a place for it growing up. Right. You know? Yeah. No. What's your What's your zodiac sign? I'm a Capricorn. <laughs> I'm a Capricorn. Capricorn. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Uh, CJ. Where are you guys? I'm a Virgo. I'm. Okay. Uh, I'm afraid to say I'm a Gemini. I don't know why I was afraid to say. <laughs> oh, no. I love Geminis. My mom yes, is a Gemini. Okay. My sister's a Gemini. One of my best friends is a Gemini. Y'all crazy as fuck, but you guys yes. have cards. Yes. Like, literally, people are like, I used to be like, oh, they're two-faced, but literally, no. There's like two sides in a positive way, I see. Like, yeah. My At least my two mom, sides. Yeah, like, they will give you the world, <laughs> but the moment you fuck with something, like, they will snatch that shit back real fast. Like, and they won't, they can't fake the funk. Like, if they ever see you again, like, it's really hard for them to fake that they like you. Like, they're just kind of mm. like, uh, so I love Gemini's, though. They're, like, the truest, but they're crazy. Yeah, yeah we, we are crazy. <laughs> um, so what is the strangest or most supernatural experience that you've ever experienced? Oh, my God, thank God I've never experienced. I'm going to just be very never. honest never never what? you guys have oh yeah i have for sure you said you had at one point kind of yeah i've seen some crazy stuff yeah even like Are weird dreams like... or anything that you've had oh weird dreams uh, yeah, like I mean, that... that could even that could even be like our premonition dreams or like you know just something that maybe didn't you know that you couldn't explain <laughs> Well, I don't know. Well, yeah, dreams be weird as fuck. I'm like, why the fuck? <laughs> He's no longer in my life. Why the fuck would I be making out with him in my dream? But um, <laughs> I'm thinking, like, usually I dream scary shit because I feel like I fear, like, um, tsunamis. You know how we have earthquakes mm. here? Like, yeah, yeah. I always hate that. It's like, yes, I'm not that. Like, I'm, like, 20-minute drive from Santa Monica, the beach, but it's like, I know that that's nothing in tsunami language. Like, I know it'll right. grab me, oh. too. So I've dreamt I've dreamt about like um tsunamis and shit like that. They say that like if you have like a like an unusual fear or something, that, that that's actually how you died in a past life. So maybe if you like died in a past life that you died in a tsunami. No. <laughs> so, you know how they say oh the big one and the big one, and you know how everybody that where we live, I always tell my mom, I'm like, it's funny because we are the main ones that get hit with earthquakes, and I bet you nobody's prepared out that lives out here. And oh, we're like, no, like probably no. people that are, are even less, you know, of a chance to get an earthquake, they're probably prepared. But people out here, like, we're just not. And we're, I'm the only it's one scary that to I think know. it might come. I'm the only one that I know that has like candles, like, on lock. Like, I have like a whole box of candles oh, at wow. home. I have like two like, first aid kits. I have candles. Yeah, I know. Yeah, like, we don't got person. shit. I have a flashlight that hangs near my keys, but it's it's a little flashlight, so I don't like, know. That's to give out in 30 minutes if you keep it on for straight 30 <laughs> <laughs> all right it'll be gone hey how'd you get the idea to start your podcast 
Oh, okay. So let me tell you a little bit of that. Um, so obviously when I was in high school, um, I didn't go to this high school. I, I mean, well, around the neighborhood, I went far. Well, not that far, but it felt far. And it was in East yeah. LA. Mm-hmm. And it was a magnet school because my mom had put us in magnets. Um, and a for magnet? magnet, I went to high school, whatever. Huh? A magnet? Oh, my God. Magnet, okay, so let me see what magnet school. is. Yeah, magnet school. A lot of people don't know. Yeah. So yeah. magnet school is kind of like... um. Like there's more, re- like there's more resources. Like okay. there's more for like they want to say like oh the smart, but it's not because I I'm I'm not that smart. They so just have it, they just have like good computers and shit. Yeah, they have good things, good good stuff. Like it's basically like like almost kind of like not a charter school, but yeah, like you don't go to the neighborhood school. It's a magnet school. So for middle school, elementary through middle school, I went here by USC. USC, there's like a little school in between the campus and they have K through 12. So I did like my middle school, I was learning Chinese, Japanese, like there's just more resources. So it was like a performing arts school. That's cool. So you had all kinds of kids there. Like I'm a lot of, I'm still good friends um, with a lot of people from that school Mm -hmm. that are now like doing like all this crazy shit. So it was like kids that were like in performing arts. But for high school, I went to just a magnet. It was like a medical magnet school. My mom's probably Mm -hmm. like, oh, she's going to become a doctor or something. (laughs) But I didn't go, I didn't learn nothing about medicine, but it was like a nice little school. Um, But it was one of those schools I was yet put in another neighborhood. So it was like a good school, but not the neighborhood. (laughs) So right there i was always getting in trouble even since middle school like i was very timid growing up but when i hit middle school it's like i became outspoken like i i said it in my podcast before where it's like i feel like my dad was strict that i would watch my mouth at home so when i went to school i would take advantage and just be mm. like and yeah. you can't tell i talk a lot <laughs> yeah. so i would just so go podcasting is perfect <laughs> yes so it's like ain't nobody giving me time like you know like i'm just like and then i edit right so it's perfect so when i went to high school i was always getting in trouble um for talking just talking like i wouldn't i would be that bad kid that was never absent because i was scared to ditch but i was there making your life hell so <laughs> i would talk a lot and i was like i i everybody was like, where are you going to college? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't know what I want to do. Like, you know, Mm. and I know that I like to talk a lot. So when I hit like high school, for sure, I figured out that radio would be perfect. I'm like, Oh my God. Like I listen to the radio. Like they look like they're just being themselves hanging out and they're getting paid for it. So I'm like, okay, perfect. That's what I want to (laughs) do. So I went to college, whatever did that didn't work out. Um, because obviously like my discipline, like I dorm. So I was going crazy. And I was doing communications because I'm like, okay, communications was kind of what people in radio. Yeah, communications, journalism, whatever. I hated journalism because I hated to write, right? (laughs) I hate writing. And I was like, what the fuck? So I stopped going to school (laughs) because I felt like I was wasting my time. I'm like, bitch, you're not doing shit. You're not even going to class. I was just wasting my time and I was working with kids still. And then I don't know where I found out about podcasting, but obviously the internet, you know, like I saw Mm. podcasting. I was like, wait, like I can record. And it's like, you know, the radio, like you have to apply or you start like an internship and radio, like, um, was really hard because they wanted you to be enrolled in school and I was very on and off with school and I feel like that showed when I would apply like girl you've been going to school how long you still don't got a degree you know what I'm saying yeah. and it's like they wanted us to start as an intern but I wasn't doing school by the time I figured out I really wanted to do radio so I couldn't apply because if you apply they want like people that are ready you know and yeah, obviously yeah. It's like and then you move up so that's still the goal radio is still the goal but I want to grow the following where it's like I just apply you know what I'm saying yeah. so or start my own shit I mean like just make my own obviously the bigger goal is to just have my own station, you know? Um, nice. 
but or grow the podcast whatever so with podcasting i was like oh my god like i don't need no rules nobody needs to tell me i don't need to watch my mouth i don't mm. have to do commercials i don't have to stop and do breaks like i could talk about whatever i want and no one has control but me that mm. sounds like my type of flavor you know like that sounds <laughs> like me i don't like people telling me what to do or what not to do like so that's literally how i found out in podcasting and technically technically i started it in january it'll be three years nice oh, wow. no yeah 2021 because i started in 2018 nice. but the first year i didn't give a fuck honestly i was like on and off i was still figuring it out so 2019 was really when i went ham like i was like logo like i did start the name nice. almost three years ago but the logo and everything that you see now it's been like 80% of good work for a year, you know? So it's wow. to think like, if you really do a hundred, like I'm sure like, you know, you could really make sure happen because I feel like I did like 70, 80 and I'm at where I'm at and I see I results in a year, you know? So I'm like, bitch, you 2021, hopefully we're not dead in a tsunami, but hopefully <laughs> that's our year. You know, hopefully that's really our year, you right. know? Um, if you could have any guests on your show, who would you want? Oh my God, I've always said this. In a weird way, maybe it'll change in the future because I'm still young and I'm still learning, but I'm a huge fan of Cardi B and YG. Like those are my, yes. those are like, oh my God. If I could interview Cardi just because he, I've been following Cardi since she basically blew up, right? So yeah, I remember seeing way. Cardi on Vine. I remember seeing Cardi on Love and Hip Hop and we loved it. Like we and my mom, like we've always watched Love and Hip Hop, but we for sure had to keep up with Love and Hip Hop when we knew Cardi was going to come on. Um, and I would only want to interview Cardi because of her story and because I feel like now she's, you know, a lot of shit. She's very, I feel like I've seen her kind of change through the years and maybe my, 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 I would probably change my time who I want to interview in years, but I definitely love the beginning of Cardi. And I feel like that's, oh, that's better. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I was I, I was listening and I'm fiddling with this light it's here. Starting to look a little bit like, like a, I didn't even like know your coat was brown. Here. Yeah. Hmm? I didn't even know your coat was brown. See, that's that's <laughs> and I, I felt that going on and I'm like, oh I have a light back here. Yeah. So. Yeah, that looks way better. That's cute. Okay. Nice. So yeah. So basically, um, I love the beginning of her story. I love her come up and I feel like I genuinely knew what kind of like I love genuine real ass people that don't care about nobody. Like just them, you know, like just about them being themselves. Yeah. And I feel like I love that about Cardi from the beginning. So I would do that. And then I would definitely just want YG because I fuck with YG's brand. Like I love yeah. everything he does. Personally, I know he Hamas, but I love how he reps LA. I love that, you know, you know, he has no problem repping Latinos too. Like he's very like it feel like he'd be my neighbor type shit. Right. Mm. So I love his brand in general. I fuck with YG. So YG and Cardi. Were you working at at, at the cheese uh, the day that Cardi and Offset came to the Grove? I didn't even know that. They <laughs> they came to the Grove and got what kicked year? out. And got kicked out. Uh, I guess Offset like started a fight with somebody and it was just like hella crazy and Cardi was trying to like defend him and they ended up getting escorted out by security and it was just like insane, yeah. What? No, I, I didn't even hear about that. Yeah, <laughs> I was there what that day, but I don't, 
I didn't see anything. They weren't they weren't at our work or anything, but they were nearby. And I just heard someone say, "Oh yeah, Cardi B and Offset got kicked out of the Grove." Like, what? <laughs> oh, God. no, yeah, what? for sure. Now I'm just like, damn. I feel like Cardi. I, I don't like to talk about celebrities like that, like that, because who knows what they're thinking? You know, I don't know their yeah, fucking life. I mean, they were. But you can definitely see the difference of Cardi before she met Offset and Cardi when she went Offset. Yeah. And you know that'll happen when you with a guy and it's not the bit. Obviously, they toxic as fuck, you know. But I mean, <laughs> I've been there, done that. Yeah, you're like blind. You're just like you'll do anything for the guy, but in reality it's like girl, you forget about yourself in a sense, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Let me ask you, if you had any talent that you don't possess, if uh if you had it if you could pick a talent that you don't possess that you'd like to, what would it be? A singing. Oh, yes. nice. oh my God. I always say I have the heart of a singer, but that voice, oh my God. <laughs> like, that, I remember in high school, I used to always be singing on the bus, like on the way to school, because we had a bus driver. He would play like this bomb ass. I think it was like a Steve Harvey station. So they would play like all like the good vocal, like the Keisha mm. Cole. Mm. And I was like, oh my God. And I remember that the, the like our friends in the back, because we used to sit in the back, you know, the bad little kids sitting in the back. So we, they, we yes. used to just pack up and they used to call me Happy Feet. Like, have you guys? seen what happy feet oh, yeah. like ah! Never even like, <laughs> but my voice would sound like that so i have a really terrible voice when it comes to hitting notes like it just don't sound good but my heart like i feel it in my heart about <laughs> <laughs> that way but i would love to sing i would love to sing do you have a best friend yeah well, I have one that I, when you say best friend, I just think about that one person. But through the years, like I've been getting older, like I've grad, like the people in the group I'm with have become a little more, way more closer, you know. But at the top of the head, I think best friend of one because we've known each other since we were like 11, 12. Mm -hmm. Wow. What do you love most about them? So, right now, the two is closest people. What I love about them, they're very different. Um, but I love that, that, one of them she stays true 100 percent, even if it's gonna hurt people's feelings mm -hmm. um and i feel like i'm in that way but sometimes i'm a little more nicer when i say shit but she really doesn't care about that and i feel like in a sense it may scare people away but at the same time it's like you will not a, you know what i'm saying like if people don't fuck with it then what can you do like you're only gonna attract the people that you want to fuck with and even though people might be like yeah. ew like what the fuck all right that's <laughs> cool you think i'm uh but it's like you don't really gotta deal with me and i feel like that mentality that she carries like you really don't have to be my friend you really don't have to kick it with me i in a sense really respect that and i fuck with oh, it yeah. i love how level-headed and strong she is it's scary to other people but to me i'm like either you win it or you lost um and my <laughs> other one the one i've known since forever tati she i love everything about her yes we get on each other's nerves but i feel like we connect a lot because we're both very accommodating like we're very accommodating people sometimes mm -hmm. like we're the type like we are the party people but we want to make sure everyone's good and comfortable before we are even we are comfortable you know oh, like yeah. we're very like considerate about people's feelings um and we're a good time so in that sense like we're literally almost sometimes the same like we're a good time and we're nice <laughs> nice if you had the opportunity to write a past wrong uh, what would that be? <laughs> I know he got oh, right a pass wrong or write all the pass wrongs. Oh, <laughs> just the just the one that the one that you're thinking about right now. <laughs> you know what the one I'm thinking about? 
I wouldn't take it back because it's Ooh. made me. It's helped me. You know, all I struggle sometimes really is crazy because I'm more of a like I'm I'm religious to an extent, like not to like I believe in God, right? Mm -hmm. right. But I don't go to church every day. I don't think like, oh, you shouldn't cuss. Like I'm not religiously connected like that. Mm -hmm. But I do, I do have faith. Like I feel like my faith is big. And I always tell myself, like, whatever happens, like was meant to happen. Even though yeah. that sounds terrible, because it's like, damn, that was bad. But it's like you have people here growing up in countries where they mom get blown up. Sorry to say, but shit like yeah. that. Like yeah. scary ass shit that is like you sit here and think that they have to go through that to make them who they are, you know? So it's um, like, I'm very grateful that what I went through was ugly, but I always come, I always tell myself somebody has it worse. So it's like, even though I'm not saying I could take that back because I feel like in a sense it was made for my journey. Um, so I can be here talking today about how I've grown and moved on. Yeah. So to really think of one, I would really, I haven't even said this out loud, out loud, but I'm going to tell it to y'all because y'all just invited me on here. <laughs> yeah. so I'm gonna give exclusive, exclusive. Right? Yes. I've never really shared this because it's something that I hold in and it's like a stupid mistake that I know could have been prevented and I could take mm -hmm. this one back. Yeah. So obviously I love to party and drink, right? Sure. And um, obviously, ratchet reckless behavior most of the time comes with consequences, either good or bad, right? Mostly bad. Um, but I like to promote <laughs> the good. I like to promote the good because I'm still alive here and I'm still yeah. good. I'm the I'm a, I'm the perfect surviving example of that, right? But if I could take back some things, I would definitely take back when I was 21. I've always been the friend that's like, I got it. Like, don't worry. Like, it's not, like I, I'm just like that, you know? And a lot of people are not like that. Like, as I'm getting older, I'm like, damn, I'm always that same person that's like, I got it. Like, I'm good. Don't worry. I'll drive. Mm. Right? So when I was 21, that was me. It was my friend's birthday. And if she was turning 21, I was the first to turn 21 because I'm January. So I was already been 21 and she was like, Oh, like, you know, let's, let's, let's go out, whatever. So I was in a crash at my uncle's cause I had parked my car. Then we went to Hollywood. We went to Cabo. Oh my God. Cabo. Have you ever been to Cabo? Oh, yeah. Wabo? yeah. 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 You read, you set yourself up for disaster, but we loved it. <laughs> we were, wine. we're like, bitch, we love those big ass margaritas. We would just drink them. Mm -hmm. And it was fun. And they had good music. It was like a little ratchet in there. So we love that about Cabo. And, um, we went to my uncle's and she's like, do like tomorrow's my real birthday. And like my mom's showing up, like I have to be there in the morning because we're having like a family get together. And I was like, you know what? I'm good. Like I, I was, I felt good, which I yeah. wasn't sober, but I wasn't like, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I was already getting used to just being good, like feeling yourself, but being good. Um, <laughs> so I'm not going to stay and sit here and be like, Oh, I was sober. Like, no, I was buzzing on a beat. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. I wasn't drunk, but we drove. And, you know, when you're drunk, when you're whatever tipsy, you're just ballsier. You're bolder. Mm -hmm. Like, you feel like you're good. Like, what's going to happen, you know? Yeah. So, so imagine me. I'm already like that. Plus alcohol. Like, it's not good. So we're on the freeway. And the freeway comes to a sudden stop. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, maybe if I was sober, I still would have done this. But if I knew, if, I, if my sober self would have been like, yeah, alcohol would have been like, bitch, don't risk it. Just wait, you yeah. know, just wait. Um, but I was feeling bossy. I was like, no, like we need to go. Like, I'm not going to wait. Like, I just want to exit the freeway. So usually like it was a lot of us. So I try to say that it was, I, I convinced myself, which I feel like is still true, that it was a checkpoint on the freeway because mm. everybody that wanted to exit was getting pulled over, like mm. with lights, like take out. So that's a checkpoint. Right. And when I went, whatever so we got there a bunch of us like where everybody was getting the ig ids checked lights flashlight like all that scary shit right so i remember that he went on my passenger's side 
and it was my friend and he put down the window and he's like he just looked in the car um and on it i think we had smoke too so it's like the mm, car reeks, yeah. like right where you know if the car reeks like read that's a favorite thing like okay you know step outside the car, blah, 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 <laughs> like, you know oh anyway so they're just like okay drivers whatever i gave them everything and they're like okay would you mind stepping out the car and i'm like for what like i already gave you he's just like just step out the car man i was like okay and dude it was like a guy the police officer looked like he was in training and his like surgeon or whatever sergeant was mm -hmm. behind him right like just watching every step he was doing and i feel like in a sense he was like nervous and also felt bad for me like in a way like yeah. girl i'm sorry but i gotta do this you know <laughs> and he's like all right we're just gonna run a couple of tests have you been drinking today and i'm like no no actually my dumbass admitted i admitted oh yeah ah See, like, when you're 21, like, I was dumb. Like, I'm just like, I'm 26 years <laughs> well, old. Well, it happened to me, too. Like, I had a DUI yes. right after I turned 21. Yes, it's dumb. And it's like, I hadn't even been partying. Like, I, when I started going to the AAs, basically, I got a DUI. When I started going to the AAs, they're like, if it don't get you, it'll get your kids. And I just thought about my parents. <laughs> it was so normal for my parents to do it. I'm sorry, but it's like, we always lived in the neighborhood. We was always pulling up to spots. And my mom and my dad would just take us home, you know? Like, it wasn't, and it's sad to say, now that you're getting older, you're like, that shit is not normal so yeah. he said, if i remember he was just like this big guy he was like his belly was just so he's like he was so grumpy he's like if it don't get you it'll get you kids and i was like well thank you mom because it got me thank you dad because it got me like, <laughs> i was i was barely starting to drive and everything so yeah basically like they're like oh a breathalyzer i remember i was crying but a bunch of us like went to jail like they had a wow. bunch of us i'm like so when i went to court they're like oh it was construction there was cones and i'm sitting there like you yeah. fucking liars yeah. There was cones. How did all the cars get through? Did we all knock down cones? Yeah. <laughs> there was nothing. It was a checkpoint. Like they had stopped it because they said there was like I guess there was like an accident in front, but everybody that was trying to exit the freeway was everybody that got caught like i was mm. in the back seat with like three other people like a teacher she was like crying she's like i'm a teacher and i'm like yeah, fuck yeah. so i would only <laughs> take that back because obviously yeah it was money and it's on my record but it ruined one opportunity for me a radio um, opportunity yeah. oh, and, wow. dude that literally crushed my soul like when i turned 22 i applied to k-day i don't know if you guys are familiar with 93.5 k-day yeah yeah mm -hmm. Oh my God, but I love K-Day because they have all the old school like music and mm -hmm. I love old school like hip hop. Like that's one of R&Bs, like that's my favorite. And I've always wanted to be on K-Day. So I went through, I was going to be like, you know, the street team, the, the promoters, I'd be like doing the radio stuff, giving freebies, like when you go out to like shoe places. So I was going to be part of the street team and it was paid. So I was like, perfect, you know, it was a perfect way. And I, I went through like two interviews and they gave me a pack like this thick, like k-day employer packet like hired basically and i was so happy and then i um at the time my dui was so fresh that i was just like i'm gonna just try to get through without getting caught which was stupid because <laughs> right, yeah. like i could have just been like now i've had the opportunity you see it different like look before we move on before we do a background check like before I even do it, because there's no point in me doing it because you're going to find this. Mm -hmm. um, but because it was like the promotion team, you drive a van, like you drive a car. So it's important, you know? So I just basically let them go through. Like I filled out like, yeah, do a background check. And that was dumb of me because obviously I didn't get a call back. And I called mm -hmm. them back and I'm like, yo, like I just wanted to know an update. And they're like, well, I'll never forget. The girl was like, well, due to your DMV finding, like we couldn't do oh. it. And I was so crushed. And that for a second, like I was like, okay, bitch, take it as back to school. That's how I was on and off. Cause I'm like, like I felt like that held me back. And being so young and naive, I was like, damn, like I could never be on radio now. No. 
because you know which is not true because i'm sure everybody got their little ways around you know and his radio is not like a fucking you know so i'm just like now i could see myself getting that and obviously eventually where i have enough money to like get it expunged you know or whatever but i if i could take that back i had full control you know i could take that I back that's my fault. it only takes 10 years i mean i no. mine's basically done yeah and that's what i'm saying like back then it sounds forever and i'm just like yeah i'm already 26 like i'm already halfway there you get yeah. me so it's just like um but that's something i would take back that was a little deep but i don't know mm. <laughs> no no we appreciate the, the you know, appreciate the story uh, do you have any hidden talents uh no i prefer my tongue i prefer <laughs> my tongue <laughs> fair enough <laughs> oh, oh, oh okay that yeah. is a hidden talent i wish i could do that i wish i could do th- oh wow Okay, you're gonna fold your tongue. Okay. Yeah, she can fold her tongue. <laughs> I wish I could wiggle my ears. I want to learn how to do. Oh it. my god, people could do that. Yeah, I used to be able to. do I that. I could also wish I could move my butt cheeks. I could only do one. Like I've tried it. Like <laughs> oh, I've I could do that. One, I could do that. It takes muscle and brain. <laughs> so it's like when I'm doing it, it's not even sexy anymore because I'm like. <laughs> I, I have no hidden talents. I think just that's it. Well, we've but, got one fabulous talent. That's, yeah, that's, that's that, the the gift of gab. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's awesome. What about you guys? Oh, I've got a few. Um, I I did drag for six years. Um, Ooh. So, yeah, that, I've done theater. I I mean, we just found out I'm a pretty decent actor too. <laughs> very, he, he, yeah. yeah, very good actor. Yeah, yeah. and I and I write a little you? bit. Yeah, I'm, and what about you? I, I do a little bit of writing, singing. Had oh, got yeah. a new song coming out uh, in about a week and a half. So he, he was a, yes. a long time. I used to be a comedian. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. How is yeah. that? That's stress. Oh, that's like <laughs> I feel like I feel like sometimes I'm mad that they put the title on it because a lot of people are fucking funny, and then yeah. when you put them, they're like, "Well, aren't you a comedian?" Like yes. sometimes yes. I see that in comedians. Like I know they're fucking funny, but because of a label and because they have to go up there and be funny, that it kind of takes away from it. Yeah, I realize that. But I yeah. love comedians. I've always wanted to go to a comedy show. I've never been. Oh, really? Never? Oh. No, I would love to get drunk and laugh. Like that's what I do oh, on the yeah. regular. Yeah. So oh, they, like, I would love to watch it. Well, once they open back up, we should all go together. Yes. I'm I keep not, forgetting yeah. everything's closed. Yeah. Uh yeah. how let me ask you this. You said you're a little bit different, uh, more vocal than your younger self. How has your style changed? And the way I communicate? E- either with the way you communicate, the way you dress, the way you think, just your the style the of who style, you are. Yeah. Overall, who I am. Um, look, everybody that I went to school, like everybody that I went to school with, knew I was crazy. Like that's kind of like, oh, it's Vanessa. Like, like I really feel like I scared off a lot of people because they're just like they assume I don't give a fuck, which I don't. But they feel like I don't give a fuck about like life shit, which I do. But yeah. it's like I don't give a fuck about little shit that you give a fuck because i don't so i feel like that scared off a lot of people but the way that i move and talk in my style i think that people can say i've always been this way for sure Mm -hmm. um but the way i look i definitely honestly when i was really younger i i did care about the way i dressed like i remember that was always a thing but not more than now because now i look at my obviously when i go out it's cute what i post is cute Mm -hmm. but i just look at what i be really wearing at home and like my closet i'm like that do not make sense like Mm -hmm. it's just 
I want to throw everything out and get like my new shit. But um, my style in a way, I used to, I remember that when like the jerking phase was in, like I used to dress like that, you know, the new boys. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys oh, know yeah. the new boys. So I used to, I pulled up to my high school with like my first day of high school with like highlighter jeans, highlighter <laughs> shirt. Like um, I used to do like the headbands and crunch my hair because my hair used to be like curly <laughs> long and then I would, started straightening it. But I used to have that look and, I remember in middle school, I got most fashionable. I don't know for what, because all I would do, <laughs> I would, do would like put colored undershirts under my uniform and like beads and accessories. I've mm. always liked accessories, like earrings on my shit, necklaces. Like I love accessories. I love those earrings too. Yeah, those are great earrings. Oh, yeah. thank you. You know why everyone says that I went to Walmart yesterday mm-hmm. and the lady was like, oh my God, like a lot of people like them, but you know why? Because they look like they're real gold. Right. Like they yeah. look like those gold, like you can't really tell right now, but I'm like, that's why people like them because they look like that. But I'm like, they're like light and then just <laughs> from forever 21, I bet. But it's not nothing fancy, but I love accessories. And then my style, for sure, as I got older, I really like, um, and that's what I'm saying, my closet kind of says that, but not really. I love like an edgier look. Like I like mm-hmm. the darker look. Wow. Like I like the dark lip. I like like the thick heel, thick platform. I love Doc Martens. Um, but at the same way, like I like to be a little ratchet and a little like gaudy in a sense, you know, like I like to wear things that complement my body, but I like like the darker look. So it's oh. like, I like that. So it's like sometimes when I look at my clothes, I'm like, it doesn't say that, you know? So I'm like, I notice that I keep it basic in a sense where I stay to that look or like cheetah print and like just bold, like the bold edgy look is what I like. Um, but growing up, I was more about the bright colors for sure. Oh, for what sure. would you say to your younger self if you met your younger self? Oh my God, that's so weird. <laughs> that's so cringy. Cause I really thought I had it going on. I really was always like that. Like, and I was like, little girl, sit down. Um, I've always been outspoken, but I would definitely I was so young, so I feel like I did I didn't I was loud and, and rude and people will be like, I run into people and they're like, bitch, you used to say this about me. And I'm just like, look, I didn't I didn't I didn't have my voice yet. I was just like calling things out like ah like I used to just be like ah like make the comments and jokes and I would see that I'd get a reaction out of people and they'd laugh so it'd make me feel good. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. so I feel like people liked me because I was funny and real, but I do regret being a little like the comments I were making were like they're good jokes because I still make good jokes. But <laughs> working with kids, knowing the kids' story and what they were going through, I started like feeling like damn when I was young. I was doing all this and I didn't know what they were going through. So it's like, now that I'm an adult, I would really tell myself, Vanessa, calm the fuck down. Like, chill out. Like, you're still going to be cool without having to make these comments to people. People like you, Vanessa. Like, don't make them hate you. So Mm. I would probably tell myself that. But even in a way, like, I feel like it didn't even affect me growing up. Like, obviously people that I still fuck with are still around and it's like that was good but I would just tell myself to just keep being strong like I was saying the other day on a podcast like I feel like as we're getting older like I don't know why we're becoming more fearful it's weird yeah I was younger I was more bolder like I I think about what I was doing I was like really like I was not now I'm like would I even do that like you know so it's like (laughs) as we get older in a sense like we become more fearful when we're kids we really don't care like I would just do things and just I didn't give a fuck and it's like i need to remember that that's who i am like that's who vanessa is so like you know keep it that way so i would just tell myself that like i feel like she did a good job i feel like you know she wasn't being a little ratchet with boys she was hitting get pregnant like i feel like i'm proud of that little vanessa um Mm -hmm. but i would just tell her to just 
just stay like things are gonna be okay i used to freak out a lot when i was little too like i was very like i said the timid self still lives in me it's weird mm, yeah, totally. people think i'm so outspoken but if you put me in a big crowd i'd be like silent i know <laughs> see i had the opposite like thing growing up like i had like like i was really insecure as a kid and okay. like i i started being like not insecure like right around like high school when i just stopped giving a shit about what people thought exactly that's when, when it I, was kid, crazy. I was like like everything was like a problem because i was bullied a lot too and and i had a lot of issues but um when i got older i was just like you know what fuck everybody i don't i don't give a no seriously <laughs> I was outgoing as a kid, and I think the older I get, the more of an introvert that I become. You know, this I, is true, yeah. I come across in groups and outside as an extrovert, but one of the things I love is just coming home, being alone, nobody else in the house, just being alone and isolating. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Which no, I hated when I was sure. a kid. Yeah. yeah. Dude, it's um, just different. And I feel like we have to take it day by day, you know, like like you even saying that I like that kind of hurts me. Like, um, because like I said, I would make comments in school. I wasn't a bully, like I wasn't gonna take your lunch. You'll be like, ah, he looks stupid. Like I wasn't that <laughs> deep. I wasn't that deep, but I'm like, I know that if I would have my, held my comments in, like, it would have just made it less worse on people. Like, but because I know I didn't mean it in a malicious way, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't, there's like, and it sucks because starting when I work with kids, it's like the bullies were literally the kids that were going through bad shit at home, you know? Mm. So it's like, I wasn't going through terrible shit. Like, my parents, like, they cared about me. So I realized, like, the bullies were the people, like, their, their parents really weren't, like, physically there, you know? Like, they were kind of absent or they treated them like shit. And then they would treat other people like shit at school like i know bullies bullies like i remember like bullies bullies but i was like more of the clownster so it's like but my comments were sometimes mean so even you saying that like i really feel like if you get bullied like oh that's why when i work with the kids i will i wouldn't care i'll have a whole assembly i was like i don't know why you think this bully shit is cute i wouldn't cuss <laughs> like that but, you know i'm like it's really not cute if i find out you don't know what these people are going through like i would get like really like i'll talk to them like i always talk to growing up like my dad never really like baby taught me he just talked to us like you don't do stuff like that you know so i would talk to the kids that work like that but um even kids like that i feel like you said like you grew up like that um the main part is like what people got to remind themselves because sometimes we are still a little versions of who we were when we were little like that'll creep mm -hmm. in um mm -hmm. it's just to just fuck everybody literally like who the fuck are you to make me feel like oh what you're doing is whack bitch what do you do like you, like you know people that usually like i always tell myself that like people that are haters literally are not happy you get me like so i have yeah. to remind myself like i'm happy that's why i'm like i'm happy like that's why i can do that like i can deliver the energy that i deliver because i literally feel like that if i felt like shit i don't think i'd be over here like ha ha, ha. you yeah. know so yeah I always tell myself that people, because you, I feel like that stops people. Like, what are people going to think? Like, you know, what are they saying? But yeah. it's like, if people, if you really think about it, if you really think about the people that have time, I don't make negative comments. I don't comment on people's posts and be like, oh, bitch, you're stupid. Like, even though I think what they're doing might be stupid. Like, I'm not, I don't have it. <laughs> yeah. I, it, doesn't, it doesn't come out of me. So then I compare myself to the people that are doing it. Like, I no longer can relate to you because I'm not that bitch. So yeah. it's like, when you comment something negative or you have time to talk negative about me, like, that's just showing how you feel about yourself. So, you know, like exactly. hater shit comes from jealousy and jealousy comes from insecurity. And Ooh. I'm just like, I can't Ooh. deal with that as a grown up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Wow. And I don't feel like that's so what's like, I know I'm a good person. So it's like, if I'm not acting like you, then there's something wrong with you. 
Right. So why should I care what you say when you have a whole lot to work on with yourself? Why would I let you stop me when you're not a hundred about you? And I am. Yeah. You know? Um, what's one interesting thing that people will be surprised to know about you? I think when people see me, like, what did you think about me when you met me? Like when you just saw me? I actually thought you were a lot quieter than you actually are. <laughs> oh, is it because I work? I'm very like Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, re- I remember I like, really getting a chance to like business. talk to you for a long time. Yeah, like I really would mind my business at work because I was really there to just make my money. I wasn't there. Like even yeah. when I started, I was just like, I wasn't into the gossipy shit. Like that was just not, that's never been me. So I was kind of to myself because I didn't want to, you know what I'm saying? I don't want to, no, yeah. I just didn't want to problems. I've always been that person. I don't want problems. I don't want to talk about people. Like that just wasn't my shit. Um, and, but I was very, I was quiet at work. Um, a lot of people did think I was quiet because I'm just like, yeah, like very respectful. I will listen and just very respectful. Um, but I feel like when I'm out in the open and I go out, I'm a tall girl. I'm a thick girl. Like, I really feel like my look and my presence could be intimidating or like, oh, she's mean or she's this and this and that. But I feel that people don't understand, like, how nice I am. Like, yeah. like I'm a little too nice sometimes. Like, I'm very understanding. Like, um, I'm, I'm just a person, like, I always think, like, what are they going through? Like, if they gave me attitude, mm. something's not good. Like, I remember even at work, like, when girls were just like, or whatever, like, I have to go get cash at the bakery or something, or somebody was just not in a good mood. Like, I would always try to say something to, like, either make them laugh or be like, okay, girl, like, you know, you're going to be okay. Like, I always mm-hmm. knew that it was something beyond me. Like, anytime they'll give me attitude, like, I'm the type, like, I'm not going to sit here and fight with you. Like, if you are a bitch, bitch, then I'll just be quiet and I'll <laughs> never speak to you. But I would just more of the type, like, I'm going to try to crack them. Like, I'm going to try to make them, like, you know, eventually yeah. I'm going to try to crack them. And I would just kind of think about what they were going through, you know, and just, like, their physical, how they would look or feel. Because they, a lot of people, you know, the way they look is the way they feel, you know? Ooh. So, yeah. Because yeah. when I would look busted, I felt busted. You know, when yeah, I look so good, yeah. I feel good. Like, so, um, I always think about that. I'm really nice and I'm really considerate and I really care about people's feelings. Yeah. Um, what are you most passionate about? This is the second to last last question. I know. You're like, damn, this is going on longer than we thought. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's <laughs> good. Um, it's good. No. Yeah. I'm really passionate besides talking on a mic, um, which is obvious. I'm passionate about just the headphones and the mic. Like even seeing a mic, if I see a mic somewhere or a drawing, like it just gets me excited. A <laughs> microphone, like a mic gets me excited. Um, mm-hmm. but because I just love the sound, like people are like, Oh, it's cringy hearing your voice. Sometimes it is, but sometimes I love it. Like I love mm-hmm. hearing it. I love it. Um, so when I hear myself, when I'm recording on the headphones, I'm really passionate about that, but I'm also really passionate about, um, you know, how you said like you growing up, you were really insecure. And I'm really passionate about like helping people, just helping people, like just helping people and helping them realize that even though you don't look like me or you don't act like me, that we all are a badass in some kind of way. You get me? Like you have something I don't have and I have something you don't have. So it's like people always feel like, oh, I can't. Or for example, they thought podcasting was this, right? Like, oh, I can't podcast because I don't do how she does it. I don't like every, I want to help people. Like my passion is helping people realize that just them being them is enough like you just being you there's nobody like you and people will think that like well they're trying to do runway model too but it's like nobody gonna walk like you walk no one's gonna do that look with the eyebrow or the eye like you do <laughs> like, I, like people don't understand that nobody does it like you and i want to help people mm. just have that confidence that even though you don't look or sound like somebody who said that i'm the right way to sound or you're the right way to look you know like right. so i love i have a passion in helping people themselves you had a um an episode where you said uh you quoted a j cole song for your ratch spark 
Oh my god, yes. Yeah, it's like, like what is it? What was that quote? This again? is our canvas. I'm gonna paint it how I want it back. That one, yeah. <laughs> obviously, obviously that that's a sex song, but you kind of No, for sure. Like, but like I took it like I I never thought about it till now because I used to always sing it like, oh, and then um when I when I heard it again not too long ago, like that part just stood out and I'm just like, oh my god, like in a sense, like everybody has their own fucking canvas like life right like this is your life like you can throw whatever on it you could like you can literally do whatever because everybody got the chance to have a life and you can do whatever the fuck you want with it and do it how you want like you could wear what you want you could look you could say what you want like you you ain't gonna get in trouble i mean you might get in trouble people might hate like, but it's, like, <laughs> it's right. what you want to do why should anybody have a say on your canvas when they got their own canvas you know mm-hmm. I it's like, like it. you know people that be painting they already be looking to the side like they'd be like oh but see you what like, you're doing over there yeah yeah but it's like bitch you haven't even drawn on yours oh speak on it let me uh final question here dun 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 what have you manifested recently um let me think it's definitely everything that i it sounds like people think it's so corny but um writing okay you guys said you know i hate writing right so it's like writing and really saying it um i swear it's so creepy but i have i have done that through looking back at my notebooks like where i would write notes and podcasts like what i wanted like even i would draw out like how i wanted the logo to look and even though it looked kind of different to it um it's creepy that when you write something or when you say it and you're able to just check that shit off yes like, that works like yes yeah, saying works but i do a lot of talking i love to talk so I realize that when I do write it and I'm able to open my planner or open my journal or my book of ideas, I have different like journals, like where I put my new ideas or where I just, you know, write shit out where I've been doing lately. Like I realized that I would love to, you know, I was like, I would love to look back at my old self, how I was feeling and thinking. So mm-hmm. I, that pushed me to do my journal. Cause I don't be feeling a hundred all the time. So yeah. I like, I love, and I, I don't really like writing when it's an assignment, but to oh, write yeah. hot feel and write what i want to do or who i want to interview or like things like that and then see it happen and cross that shit out um i really feel like i've manifested that like saying it and writing it and actually doing it even the podcast like even like seeing the logo that i had it on a drawing in my notebook like even knowing that my ideas are coming to true because i wrote them and just seeing it reminds you that you have to get it done and then when you get it done you're like wow like it was that fucking easy you know like sometimes it's that easy yeah Um, like just asking down it kind of brings them into like a a physical realm and it's creepy because you hear people say that and you're like oh that's corny that's cliche that's (laughs) annoying but i'm like the proof of not wanting to do nothing so when i do it and i know that i've been writing it and saying it and hearing it on a pod or even like my old podcast like hearing one of the first ones i'm just like oh my god little bitch like you did it (laughs) yeah exactly um yeah. we are gonna do a quick uh, round of 20 questions for our patreon only listeners but for the regular episode this is the end um so again can you find our listeners uh where can they find you at where can they listen to your show all right guys so y'all already know who it is it's nessanandis underscore you can find me on instagram nessanandis underscore you can also listen to the real the ratchet and the reckless on spotify anchor.com apple podcast anything you want to do just hit the link on my bio i'm very much on instagram so if you just hit the link you could cop merch you can listen to the podcast and i think that's all i have on there oh you could go see the youtube channels i post some interviews on there um but instagram is where it's at nessanandis underscore Nice. Um, I will also put links in the show notes for this. You can find Nessa everywhere on, on social media and then stay tuned for 20 questions.
we're back, Starseeds. <laughs> Thank you, uh, Nessa, for joining us this week. Um, we've got a quote. Would you like to read it? I would like to read a quote. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why that was funny. Uh, how would your life be different if you stopped allowing other people to dilute or poison your day with their words or opinions? Let today be the day. You stand strong in the truth of your beauty and journey through your day without attachment to the validation of others. That is from Steve Marable. Maraboli? Maraboli. That's from Steve Maraboli. <laughs> Good enough. Um, all right, gratitude. Let's see. Gratitude. I'm going to go first. Um, <laughs> right, you go first. <laughs> I am grateful uh, for this opportunity for this video, which I'm so, so stoked and excited I'm about. I'm excited for it. Yes. I want to know how I look in it. You look amazing. We, we heard that already. <laughs> I'm grateful, and this might be cheating because it should be one. I'm grateful that you stepped up. I don't know. Did we talk about Oh, we did talk about this. That two two actors just who probably weren't right for it anyhow yeah and besides the acting even things with the lighting and the blocking and the story you just were such an awesome help with that because before before this i was freaking out uh picking you up from the airport and other and i was like should we just do this in my house should we not do this at all this is gonna be too much i can't do this and i'm i might have been smiling but i was freaking out mm -hmm. and uh, freak out so i'm grateful to you for not only you know, being there, but for being a, a, a source of calm uh, for me and for making things easier. And I'm uh, also grateful that this other sort of enterprise that I have to do with music, but it's not all my music. I'm happy that, it, you know, it's getting some legs and, I, you know, I'm getting some great texts and emails back. Uh, and I need to just make sure that I prepare myself for that. But th those are the, my three things I'm grateful for. What are you grateful for? I'm grateful for uh, this new adventure I had this week. It was definitely um, eye-opening and uh, uh, definitely, you know, I, I got to tour a, a place in the South that I wouldn't otherwise, like, even think <laughs> of myself even going. Like, right. you know, it's like, where am I going to go to Charleston, South Carolina for? But I ended up having a good time and, and really experienced. That city is art galleries everywhere. Wow. Everywhere. Must have been because you took a whole bunch of art gallery pictures. Well, that was just in one gallery. That was in the museum. Oh, wow. But there is just like whole homegrown like art galleries everywhere. I saw some really cool art there. Um, but I guess there's nothing else to do in Charleston, South Carolina but yes. paint <laughs> and <laughs> open a gallery. Nice. But, you know, I learned the history of that as well. Like why it's such a big art artist place. They had like a whole renaissance thing that happened. That's another story. But I am grateful that I got to experience that. I'm grateful that I got to learn a few lessons there as well. Um, it, there was just, you know, some things that happened that I couldn't quite control and uh, things that I should have just been more aware of, but I learned. So grateful to learning experiences. And um, I'm grateful for... Uh, for... I, <laughs> For just new opportunities and, and things that happen and, and you know, uh, even even saying that just when you said earlier, like, you know, opportunities just kind of like fall into your lap. And the when I got the extra role over there, oh. that just fell in my lap. And, and, you know, this happened with the music video and, and, and that's cool. It was just like, boom, I'm here. Um, so 
it's just like being open and and being ready for whatever comes your way yeah totally grateful for opportunities like that as well that is awesome yeah yes I'm so happy. Uh, we have things that we're grateful for. Uh, they can find us on social media, can't they? Absolutely. They can find us on Instagram at a Cosmic Journey Pod for all your meme-worthy uh, things, uh, clips, and stuff from uh, so, uh, social media for us as well. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Dimitri Wild. And I am Jay Maceo Music uh, on Instagram and Twitter. And are we going to put, uh, I think we should put a link uh, to, you can pre-save. My song, and we're going to put a link uh, in the uh, notes. So yes, if you want to pre-save my song still, uh, so when it comes out, you can have it on iTunes, Amazon, wherever you stream music. Absolutely. Um, if you like the show, if you find value in it, and if you like extra content, you can always support us on Patreon. It is entirely pick-your-own-pricing. You can get extra content such as Sextrology 101, uh, bonus clips, and uh, 20 questions with our interviewees uh, on our Patreon page as well. Um, and you can also don't forget to rate, share, and subscribe to the show as well. Do that wherever you're doing so. Yes. Um. Anyways, I think that's everything. So yeah. Thanks, well, guys, thanks for listening. Yeah, and as always, Godspeed, Godspeed Star Seeds. Star Seeds.